0: crusaders and welcome to another edition of batman the animated series podcast i'm your host alex robson and with me as always is my co-host my brother comic book artist and writer and the guy who's having meatloaf for dinner it's mr will robson say hello will i'm not having meatloaf for dinner and i never will i cannot stand meatloaf <laughs>
1: <laughs> who, I, so, who likes meatloaf who likes it yeah but like where did meatloaf come
0: from why is that Meatloaf a
1: definitely came from means to an end you got the meat You've got to prepare it somehow. You know, people... It's definitely a meal that's come from times of struggle because it's not a fancy meal. It's not prepped in a certain way. It's definitely a means-to-an-end meal. We need to eat. So I've made fucking... I've taken meat and I've loafed it and we're eating it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a way to like bulk it out to feed the family in times of like, I don't know, when it was like Great Depression era. Maybe that's where it comes from.
1: Probably earlier than that. Probably making meatloaf in the great American West just to be
0: like, this will last us like two weeks. So meatloaf. that's true. Yeah. All right, I'm going to Google this. Where does meatloaf come from? Ah, really- welcome to Batman the Animated Series Podcast, <laughs> where we find out the origin of meatloaf <laughs> not the singer not the singer <laughs> <laughs> okay so meatloaf originates from the late 1800s okay so i'm in the
1: all right please give me some vindication right now i love when you when you speak with just pure conjecture and then you look it up and it's right you just feel like the smartest
0: motherfucker on planet <laughs> earth late 1800s okay <laughs> Well done, buddy. So that was like cowboy era where they were like need to make some scrapple or some like, you know, like the worst parts of the cow. I'm guessing it was probably a cow. You know what I mean? Like like wipe off the counter type meat where they're like just add a bunch of bread and seasoning Mm -hmm. and like pad that fucker out and bake it. Man, now I want love. (laughs) Oh, how did that sound advertising to you? I don't know. Like it brings me back to... I don't know, like being a kid in America, meatloaf. I don't remember ever eating meatloaf in America. Oh, oh, our mum made some meatloaf. Oh, I probably
1: hated it. No, I do remember it, and I fucking hated it. The two things I hated, this is being a sport, little brat, but the two things I hated was the meatloaf, and I was not into, like, the, the pork. You remember, like, they used to do, like, the pork medallions, or, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh,
0: yeah, pork, like pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fucking weird. I used to just eat all the vegetables instead. All right, anyway, moving on from that. How is the art life? How is the art life going?
1: Uh, it's going okay. I've my I got my Kickstarter money through, which is nice. So thank you everybody that backed my zombie comic. I appreciate that very much. I know there was a lot of listeners that helped out and I can't thank you guys enough. So I got the money in and I've emailed the cover artist for issue three, who's a very famous comic book artist who co created one of the best zombie stories of all time.
0: And he's getting to work on the cover now, which is Ooh, you even told, cool. You haven't told me that yet. No, well, you've been away. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's amazing. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Has uh, he given you any hint of what he might be doing, or is it a total surprise? I gave
1: I gave him a premise of what I wanted because every cover of Outbreaks uh, shows off the Outbreaks Theater and the matrize Z, the host, which is like the ticket master and you know the the, the zombie. Uh, undeadly but friendly host of, of outbreaks so issue one we get to see the outside of the outbreaks theater where with all the zombies issue two we saw a bunch of zombies eating uh human body parts like they were popcorn and candy as they were watching a film with the matrixy up in the uh what's it called the the real Projectorum. room projector room uh so this one i said hey what if we show the concession stand where he's you know, scooping out eyeballs instead of popcorn for all the zombies queued up inside of the theater? Uh, and I also said to him, if that idea doesn't interest you, then we'll just do something else because I want yeah. you to be happy and I want you to have a good time. And if you've got ideas, you throw them my way because I said, as somebody who works for Marvel and DC Comics, I know the best art for me is when I get to draw exactly what I think is cool. So that's what I'm gifting for him to do. So
0: you just um, get a cover that says, fuck you, Fatty. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, pay me. I paid over a grand for this, goddamn. <laughs> um
1: so I'm really excited for this cover. Uh it's gonna be freaking awesome. He's colouring it as well, and he's a fantastic colorist. And it's gonna be huge. I've already been typing out the issue three Kickstarter which launches on March in March. I don't know if it's gonna launch March first yet, but sometime in March. And just typing like, and cover by the co-creator. Oh, I can't even say on this yet. But just just typing in like his accolades is just like gets me giddy. But besides that, uh, I've had some stickers come in that look really cool. I need to show you some of the merch that's come in because I found this new website. Shout out to StickerMule.net or .com. I know a lot of people use their service. Really great quality products from this website. This is not a sponsor. I'm just saying how much I like this website. They have deals on every week. So I got like 50 stickers for like 15 pounds, which is such a good deal. And they're big fucking stickers. You know, they're not like, you know, they're huge. And they're they're like shiny holographics. So I'm excited about those. I also got the the PlayStation 1 logo, but it's the Speech Comics logo, which is my comic book company. Stickers as well in a deal. And an Outbreaks t-shirt, which is just for me. It's not for sale. It's for me. So I'm really excited (laughs) about that too. So shout out to and Mule, great products. Um, so besides that, I've been flatting issue two. And if you don't know what flatting is, it's a, a, a comic book making term for kind of like coloring the page, but it's more you're just doing the base colors. You're not doing any shading or anything. You put down the base colors so a proper colorist, who is in our case Cyril Vincent, will come in and add the colors. So that's what I've been doing and just chipping away at it every single day and hoping that I'll hit my deadline of getting it all printed and ready for the new year.
0: Oh yeah, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to hold it in my hands when issue two's out. I'm looking forward to seeing issue three. And also, you're working on uh, Mobster Mash still, aren't you? That's right. I'm going to be launching next summer a book called Mobster Mash.
1: I actually wrote uh, the breakdown. I need to send it to you, actually, to see what you think, since you're the editor of all my projects. not paid paid, but it's it's still a job
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's pretty much
1: yeah yeah so mobster Mash is really exciting i just wrote the breakdowns for the first issue and i I think it's really fucking cool i just love this universe uh it's basically taking the old universal movie monsters like frankenstein dracula the mummy the creature from the black lagoon and a few other surprises i have in there invisible man etc Uh, And what if all those characters were mobsters uh, in a 1950s Tinseltown, a.k.a. Hollywood, and they're all in a turf war over who gets to control all the crime in Hollywood. And it's really fucking cool, and I love it.
0: I love it. Yeah. No, I love the premise. I love the idea, the setting, like just the whole feel of that. I can't wait to see some of these characters come to life, some of these gangs Mm. you're going to be drawing and like what they're going to look like. And a lot of the art is going to be heavily influenced by – feel of batman the animated
1: series just the vibe you know the batman the animated series is a perfect example of something looking old uh and having you know especially talking to helen burnett i only see hitchcock now when i watch batman the animated series it's crazy Me too especially how... the episode we're reviewing yes. today yes yeah. especially the one today it's crazy i never knew that that was an influence and now i just can't unsee it so i'm putting all of that into mobster mash added some cool characters today like Ichabod crane into the book which I know you always Ooh, find fun. I love Ichabod Crane. He's the rookie detective on the, the the police squad. All the police guys are like, Van Helsing is the
0: commissioner. Ichabod Crane is, is the rookie detective. Oh, like, dude, I can't wait to read your outline. This sounds great. It's fun, but Yeah, it's awesome. And then also, the other thing you haven't really talked about on this podcast as far as the, what the title is, is you're working on a new Marvel project.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, How the Duck 50th Anniversary comes out next month in november of 2023 so preview of that's been going on but i am now working on another marvel comic that's my day job drawing for marvel comics uh and i can't say what i'm working on i guess i could say dr doom's involved since i posted pictures of dr doom so that's all Hmm. i can say but it's a one-shot comic it's a lot of fun uh so i don't know when that's going to be released my deadline ends uh, pretty much around your birthday january 1st so after that
0: who knows what i'll be doing well, I, I loved where you posted a, a picture before you revealed that Doom was in the story. You posted a picture of a castle and you're like, can anyone guess what I'm working on? Mm. And uh, there was some great stuff. Everyone, everyone knows you now are working in horror and such like that. So there was a lot of like, oh, Dracula and yes. like suggestions around that, which was fun. But one person said, Castle Dracula, and I was like, "Whoever you are, you get me." Because yeah. when I looked at it, I was like, "That looks like Castle Dracula." And I love Count Dracula. I think it's such a great, underrated cartoon that just kind of like flew under the radar when we were kids. But I watched yeah. some episodes of that recently, and it's fucking hilarious. It's a great show. In the um, town of Transylvania, in a vampire hall of fame. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember the next Something bit. But Dracula, <laughs> Ha, <laughs> count, ducky <Dracula. laughs> <laughs> No, go, go and chock <laughs> He was a very, very naughty boy. <laughs> <Ugh>. Mommy. <Manny. laughs> yep, so there's sound bites from a show that probably not many people know what we're talking yeah. about.
1: I feel so bad for it. I spend so much time just parroting quotes from things I know. And I never realized, like, on the outside, people must be like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So who is this for? I know it's just for you. You're entertaining yourself <laughs> at this point, so fuck off. Shall we get to talking about the Batman show? Because we've been been talking about meatloaf and fucking comics. (laughs) Let's move on.
0: Okay, so we're going to go into our casting call before we dive into this episode review. Because every time we come across a new character in the show, we cast them in our fan-casted live-action universe. So what would it look like today if this episode was shot live-action? So we'll go into our little jingle first. Who will they cast in this part? okay bud we've got two characters in this episode today that we are about to cast our first one is just a one-shot character is charlie collins who do you see as charlie collins in this live action in iteration i would say for the first time really i've been
1: very stumped at this game usually i feel like i'm quite good at this game um but I don't even have a casting choice for our second choice. I'm leaving it up to you because – and we'll review right. we'll review your choices and then maybe we'll leave it to a public vote depending on how I feel about them. Yep. But I, I think I screwed the pooch on this one. I mean my casting choice for Charlie, I was just like, okay, he's got to be funny, likable, someone you can root for at the end and someone that you could see if they accidentally finally were like, that's it, I'm going to stand up. For myself and it's the freaking joker they would melt into a puddle
0: so my choice for charlie is pat Oswald. oh that's a really good choice oh i think your choice beats mine um yeah that's a really good choice i was watching and him th-
1: recently in what we do in the shadows and he played a really good like nervous character around nando and i just thought like oh yeah
0: he could definitely pull off the charlie like I've said yes. i'm sick of all of this and then he's a know, big go. comic book fan as well yeah. he's done voice voice acting work not that it matters for our live action but he's the voice of remy the rat in ratatouille which is one of my favorite pixar films um yeah he's got that that both that like soft like innocent like kind of nerdy more quiet side but yeah i've seen him like in parks and Rec, like stand up to leslie nope mm. and like do all that stuff so that's actually a very good choice my choice um, I don't think beats yours. I'll be honest. I actually had two. Do you mind if I say? I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you which one. My first one, which I think was um, was my second choice, was Jon Favreau. I thought Fabs would have been quite good <laughs> in the role. I don't think he has that like soft side as much. As I think Jon Favreau could like play that. one of the, uh, the Tweedledee or Tweedledum as sidekicks. You know, yeah, Rocco and something else. I can't Soccer, remember. I but, don't know. Uh, but yeah that's true he could have played one of those and the my first choice was kevin james from, oh uh... god what <laughs> the,
1: the, the current like I, to be fair the kevin james meme is
0: very funny it is I very really like funny. the one where they're
1: like hey who put this limb biscuit on and then you just cut to him like with with a backwards
0: red baseball cap and the little chin strap it's shrugging um and... yeah i i could see him as charlie but pat oswald's yeah, it's a better choice by far. But I think Kevin James has some qualities of Charlie, definitely, that I can see him pulling yeah. off. I just think Patton Oswalt, he could do the comedy, he could do yes. the sympathetic, and he could
1: do the, I'm yeah. sick of this and turning around.
0: Yeah, like I can see him complaining about meatloaf for dinner and like... Yeah, and sitting braces. in the cars. Yeah, that's a, that's a great choice. So Patton Oswalt is our choice. Next up, we have got Harley Quinn, which... Bow you bow out. You bow out. And I get it. It's really tough because we need to find someone that's the right age,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um which I did, you know, admittedly, my first choice, which I thought was really good, was 38. Yeah. Which you said and was too old. And I i do agree. She needs to be younger than that and also needs to work with our David Tennant Joker, right? Yeah. Like, and I, David Tennant Joker is great. I did have a choice, but she's 40 years old, which is too
1: old for the role. But my initial idea was Alison Brie, and that's only because if you've ever seen the show Glow, she plays this mm. Russian character. The way she like gets super like ah oh, Zoya, like and she like acts in this really funny way. I thought she could she'd be a really good Harley Quinn, but she's too old for the role.
0: Yeah, um, and my my too old choice thirty eight was Amanda Seafried who um I thought would have been a great Harley. First of all blonde and like very girl next door like big eyes. She's in Mamma Mia, that's where you mainly know her from. She's the daughter oh, okay. of Meryl Streep. She's been She's in She's 38 some... now. Yeah, and wow. she, she she was in um what's that show with uh, Bill Paxton um, Big Love. She was yes. the daughter in Big Love. Um but I've seen her in so many horror films and I've seen her as like both the Uh, innocent one i've seen her as a doctor which is kind of the psychiatrist side to harley quinn i've seen her act crazy and she just looks like harley quinn like Mm -hmm. harleen quinzel and i could see her in that makeup and that costume but as you said said i mean even though she looks young and i think she's perfect i guess 38 is is too old so i scared a bit And I came across this actress who I've seen in American Horror Story. I've seen her in this movie called Scream Queens. I've seen her in this film called The Hunt, where it's like rich people hunting, like, people that they kidnapped. Uh, What's his face? Dennis from... I've seen that movie. It's very good. Yes. Uh, And she's in a bunch of rom-coms as well. So I've seen her play crazy, and I've seen her play, like, loving, because you need that Are you talking about the main person from that Hunt movie? Uh, her name is Emma Roberts, who um, she was like uh, the young witch in season three of American Horror Story. That's when she like broke out um, and became that well known. She's in We're the Millers, which is that movie where it's like National Lampoon, oh no, kind of like National Lampoon with Ted Lasso I don't think her profile picture does her justice. Bet you don't recognize her from that picture. Nope. No? Oh, she's so. I I. I- She does a really good job of being crazy. I've seen her play many roles where she's crazy and, like, um, eccentric and just kind of, like, scary crazy. And I've also seen her in, like, plenty of romantic comedies where she's affectionate and loving. So she's got both sides to Harley Quinn, right, which is crazy and affectionate and loving. You say that, but for me, Harley Quinn, above everything else,
1: is funny. Like, that's the number one thing. It's got to be a funny person because Harley – is if Harley Quinn is funnier than the Joker, it's in my opinion mm. like, all of her lines always hit, and I love when she super plays up like the the ditziness as well. Um, that's well, so I've seen her play ditsy sort of as well. Some young comedian is, is it needs to do that role
0: because that's that's okay. Yeah. Well, it's hard to cast, um, it is hard to cast. Emma Roberts, she's 28 so yeah that's a good age for it why don't you uh
1: put her up on a vote yes or no and let the fans decide
0: yeah that sounds good so good
1: if you guys have ideas for who you think would be a good harley quinn and remember it has to fit in the modern day we've got miles teller as batman who's i think 36 so it has to be younger than that and and fit that universe so if you got a good harley quinn choice and you see our post then you comment on it and let us know
0: that's right check it out at batman tas pod on all of the socials all right bud should we review this episode finally joker's favor let's do it All right, this episode is titled Joker's Favor. It came out on September 11th, 1992, directed by Boyd Kirkland, story and written by Paul Dini, animation by Don Yang Animation, featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman and Bruce Wayne, Efren Zimblis Jr. as Alfred, Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon, Robert Costanzo as Detective Harvey Bullock, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Arlene Sorkin as Harley Quinn, Ed Begley Jr. as Charlie Collins. Some honourable mentions here. Don Yang Animation produced this episode. They previously animated episodes that we've seen already, which were Nothing to Fear. Two-Face Part Two, I've Got Batman in My Basement, The Forgotten and See No Evil. Writer Paul Dini, we haven't really credited him yet, but we really should, and I thought this would be the right episode to do so. He's been the co-writer in a few episodes that we have reviewed, especially Mask of the Phantasm but uh and heart of ice actually now i think about it but uh as we haven't credited him he is obviously so well known for being one of the main producers of this show and many other dcau um shows that are to come including you know batman beyond and justice league and superman he worked on the story behind many of the batman arkham games yeah the good Uh, ones the the good ones as well as countless superhero shows such as hulk and the agents of smash and ultimate spider-man he was also a co-writer on lost and of course uh, he recently did the collaboration with alan burnett on the batman the adventure continues comic books which they might still be working on they might have just finished we will wait and see but those have been great as well so i obviously can't list everything he's worked on as we'd be here all day but the dude is a legend especially in the batman world i think you would agree there Oh, yeah, he's one of my favorite comic book writers of all time. Absolutely. Then we've got director Boyd Kirkland. He's cr- previously been credited uh, in our episode review of Nothing to Fear, so go back and listen to that if you haven't yet already. And now we've got acting creds. We've got Ed Begley Jr., or Ed Begley Jr. He's Charlie Collins. Now, we've credited Ed Begley Jr. recently on this podcast because he played Germs in the Feet of Clay episodes. Oh, uh, the germaphobe but as a reminder he's also a doctor on curb your enthusiasm he's the one that like wouldn't help the patient on the plane having the heart attack where he's like do you want to land in some shithole in texas and like miss our flight like no you don't want to do that he's Aaron's biological dad in the office that's the uh, other one that you know him from he's also jerry in modern family He's Robert in Pineapple Express, and he's the hotel manager in Best in Show, the movie about the dogs, the competition. Yeah. Um, Funny guy. He is a funny guy and got a lot of range. Like, I couldn't tell that it was him being Charlie Collins as much as I couldn't tell it was him being Germs. You know, he's got a very good range with his voice Mm. and making him sound totally different. Then we got Arneen Sorkin. Obviously, this is her first appearance in this show, and the first appearance of Harley Quinn. She's responsible for the co-creation of Harley Quinn and gave the character a voice and a personality. She also played the character C- Calopy? C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E. I didn't know how to pronounce this. Calliope, Calopi? Calopy. Uh, Calliope Jones in Days of Our Lives. It's probably Calliope also... Jones. Sounds better, right? Calopy Jones, yeah. Uh, and also she played Rachel in Frasier the show fraser and she also of course sadly passed away just this year at the age of 67 all right some utility belt of fun facts here about this episode and if i don't say it people might roast me in the comments this episode marks the first appearance of harley quinn in the world of dc comics everybody knows that the character has since become a household name she's got her own comic book series video games movies tv shows just about any type of merchandise you can imagine harley quinn is a big character but this is the first time she ever showed up then we got Paul Dini, who was inspired to cast Arlene Sorkin for the role after seeing her performance as Harley Quinn in the show Days of Our Lives. So her, she even played a character named Harlequin oh, in that that's show. Interesting. As well as Paul Dini went to university with her, so there was another tie. And apparently they became, like, the best of friends when they were, started working on Batman together and would like Carl Paul a lot. Um, yeah, they really created an amazing character and amazing friendship, so I think that's really That's cool. fun. I was recently... I just watched uh, Little Shop of Horrors for the first time,
1: and there's a character in that that I was like, this lady is like Harley Quinn, just the, like the main lady in it, the way she speaks and acts, and she's funny and she's ditzy, and it's just... I was like, if you want to see a... 1980s potential like harley
0: quinn, harley quinn. watch that movie <laughs> that sounds fun originally the script called for the joker to appear in drag when popping out of the cake which i think is well, be quite great. funny that would have been amazing right like it was like ruPaul but like in batman the animated series <laughs> I, love, I love that joker should be just drag i mean that sounds great to me This episode was the first time audiences at home ever experienced Mark Hamill as the Joker. Even though it's the 22nd episode produced, it was the seventh episode to air on TV and the first episode that included the Joker. So this is the first time anyone ever saw the Joker on TV, Mark Hamill's Joker, which is is pretty great as the first episode because it's one of the best uh charlie collins's driver's license says he lives in gotham estates new york assuming this is a suburb of gotham city this would put gotham either in new york or in one of the five states adjoining it official dc canon puts it in new jersey apparently gotham is in new jersey and where did we grow up bud New freaking jersey that's fucking right i've always felt like gotham is kind of like a giant Newark. You know what I mean? Oh, like- absolutely, because you just don't want to go there. <laughs> no,
1: exactly. And if you go there, some criminal is going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to go to Newark to get my green card renewed, and it was fucking frightening. <laughs> in- Newark in the 90s? Not a fun time. <laughs> well, that's Batman for you. That's what oh, he's just a protecting. Fat little red-headed kid, just... Right for the plucking. I also... Batman
0: doesn't even save you. He's like, not worth it. (laughs) I also...
1: (laughs) My other experience with Newick is I, I used to be a delivery driver for a wine and liquor store, and I had to deliver cases upon cases of Corona beer for this party. And I had to use a map and I just fucking got lost. And I ended up, you know, this I was supposed to do a delivery that was like 20 minutes away. I ended up driving over the fucking George Washington Bridge and having to drive back over it because I took a wrong turn. <laughs> and I ended up in Newark and I like pulled over in Newark with this car full of beer and the windows you could see everything you know they were corona was at the windows and i was just like i pulled over just to be like what the fuck am i doing where am i and i just saw all these people starting to come out and look at me from their houses and shit and i was like oh my god i am the biggest i've just pulled in like this guy who's lost clearly lost with a car full of booze like i'm gonna get robbed i need to go
0: so i just drove off immediately after that Next up, we've got Harley's line about beauty school may suggest that her origins as a psychiatrist may not have been cemented at the time, which is probably true. Charlie's physical appearance is also based on that of the show's producer and friend of this podcast, Alan Burnett, as we've heard previously. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back. Alan has been on our show twice now and gave us loads of cool facts and behind the scenes information. Then we got Holly's disguise as a chauffeur would later be used for Mercy Graves design, who is Lex Luthor's assistant bodyguard in Superman the Animated Series. Not going to lie, I find that look kind of hot. Do you? Oh, interesting. Yep. Oh, okay. That's cool. I'm I mean, I, I... into it. <laughs> <laughs> I also um, remembered that the Batman Superman movie, World's Finest, um, Harley Quinn dresses up as mercy graves to fall lex luther so she's back in that same get up that's so fun. it's kind of like full circle there uh and during the pan of springdale ohio where obviously um that's where charlie has relocated with his family we see background characters including sherman grant and roberta from i've got batman in my basement they're both the kids are both there one's riding a motorcycle the other one's really? like playing with a frisbee so I guess they located to Ohio as
1: well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at first it was Batman at the Base, but then it was several
0: dead bodies, so we had to get out of there. <laughs> and then we've got one of Joker's henchmen can be seen reading a Tiny Toons book, which was a credit yeah. to many of the writers of the show, who also worked on Tiny Toons for Warner Brothers. Yeah, like pulled we- yeah, Paul Dini. Paul in exactly. Then we got the Peregrinators Club, where Gordon's Award Dinner is being hosted, is the same place that Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn rob in the episode Harley and Ivy. So I thought it was cool. They go back there. This episode is one of the few instances in the entire DCAU when Batman laughs, and it is the only time he laughs from genuine amusement. Mm. Batman later laughs sarcastically in Mad Love in order to provoke holly quinn then in a scene from batman beyond return of the joker movie terry mcginnis storms the Batcave cave to find a nearly dead bruce wayne laughing from being attacked by joker's gas so yeah it is the only time you ever hear batman laugh from like genuine amusement which i think is a very funny laugh like the ha 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 oh, like, that's great <laughs> that tickled me yeah Um, i'm not usually tickled but that one got me (laughs) not too much though just a ha 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 but that's it that's all you get from me (laughs) that's all you get from me charlie and then finally paul Dini's original premise of this episode didn't include any dialogue from the joker and involved a more cat and mouse game with him stalking charlie collins i think that sounds kind of cool i'm glad that uh, obviously didn't end up being made but Hmm. imagine just you know the beginning where he's like he sees joker in the rearview mirror yeah that's the whole episode of him just stalking Charlie the whole time. Like, that's pretty creepy.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, my, it's my great white shark theory with the Joker. That's it really stems from this episode. I love seeing him like when he first sees him in, in the, the reflection. Uh, it's so good. And there's so much good animation in this as well. Like, so th- let's just go with the, that opening scene. It's what a great scene of of police going by. The guy's had a really bad day. Batman cuts him off, and he's like, oh, you know, of course that guy's not going to pull over for Charlie or whatever. Uh, but in my head, I was like, mate, pull over. Fucking Batman is doing his job. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of it. I don't care if you had a bad day. Like, move, bitch. Yeah, yeah. There's important things going on. you yeah. got to get out of the way, yeah. I also just love that, like, you don't need to see the story there. You just know that Joker's on the loose, who's apparently g- going to be on lo- the loose for two
0: years as well. Well, um, he may have been caught a bunch of times and then put back cause... No, actually, he does say, I arranged early parole to line up with uh, Gordon's testimonial like or ceremony okay. thing. So he must have been put in jail a few times in that two years. Now,
1: do you think in that beginning scene, do you think they were chasing the Joker and he snuck away? Or do you think Batman was just doing something else and the Joker just happened to be
0: on the motorway at the same time so i have a i have a theory i think that they were chasing him and i think what he did was because we see him driving this old station wagon with a bunch of luggage on the roof it looks like the griswolds car in like the vacation movies right so i think what he did was he was in another car that they obviously like tagged and they are like, that's what the Joker's driving. And he pulled over and he found some poor family vacationing in Gotham and he probably gassed and killed them all, stuffed him in the boot, and then was driving their car. I and mean, he he just looked like, you know, it looked like a family station wagon. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna suspect it. That's what I think the Joker did. And that's how Very he did them. But
1: yeah. I mean, this is the one thing that it's kinda after the Dark Knight came out that we all started enjoying the mystery of the Joker. Because before The Dark Knight, there's plenty of explanations of how he became the Joker and stuff like that. It wasn't really until Heath Ledger was giving us different origin stories that we started going, hey, this is a really fun, interesting part of the character, right? And yeah. now I look back, you know, with hindsight, looking at this episode, us talking about how, where they after the Joker and stuff? Same thing. And that's why I love. I just love that he's a big fucking mystery like it's it's just fun you know it is absolutely fun, yeah. fun. he's also he's wearing just... my
0: favorite fucking joker outfit which is a gray jacket and pimp hat like it's just the best look we've established that that's his best look in this show that like yep. trench coat and like big fedora he just looks awesome um we uh, the music we sing this music all the time like the music in this episode is brilliant and when it needs to be scary and foreboding it is like there's that scene where when joker walks away from charlie in the woods and he's like laughing like slowly but like a cackle and the music goes along with it and it's kind of like the music goes down as the laugh like kind of fades off in the distance and charlie just looks petrified i think it's amazing
1: i agree and i think one of my favorite parts is just when it's on the string section of the violin it's yes ta-da, 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 ta-da. and it's just it holds on there i mean that's really hitchcock as well that just ta-da, yes. ta-da, 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 and holding with those notes but yes. it's probably it's one of my favorite episodes of this show this this episode it's one of my favorite opening scenes It really is my favorite. Everything I love about the Joker, he doesn't know what to do with this fucking guy, right? It's like, this guy caught me off. He's like, I'm just going to follow this motherfucker. Like, no plan. Like, this is, uh, again, the classic Joker, which is definitely way more established after the Dark Knight of being the agent of chaos or whatever. I just love that he's like, let's let's fuck around and see where where this goes, right? Yeah. That's so fun. Like, that's what the Joker needs to be always, is just absolutely dicking around. And he just, he knew exactly where he was going to go. We cut him off. And I just love that when he finds him, he's like, you know, I'm going to find you and like, you will have to pay a debt. And the fact that two
0: years pass. I know. Uh, So let's talk about that whole scene. So first of all, I love when Charlie sees the Joker for the first time. And yeah. he just looks at him in the car, and the lighting on the Joker's face—like he looks like a devil. You know what I mean? You're yes. like, oh fuck! Like that's the Joker. And he even said, "That was the Joker." Like as he swerves mm-hmm. into the lane, and then pitch perfect Joker by Paul Dini is the Joker signaling and obeying the rules of the road and yes. driving perfectly to merge into Charlie's lane. I was like, that is amazing. That's a nice touch. So intimidating, and
1: and also the animation is really great there because the light comes over and if you see the light starts to reflect on charlie's face from his rearview mirror and i was like that's a really nice animation touch That's yes. like and again like you say like that but i also say imagine you're swimming in the middle of the ocean and you see a great white shark you're like no go that way and you turn the other way and there it is again you're like don't go that way you're like ah and then suddenly
0: it's right in fucking front of you like
1: it's it is definitely best.
0: yeah your theory uh, it this episode depicts your theory the absolute best in that opening sequence it is the shark has picked up on your blood trail or whatever, mm-hmm. your smell. And it's like, I'm going to find you. And it's grinning the whole time. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just a this. Bril- and you know what that great white's thinking? Let's just fuck around and see what happens. Yes, exactly. And you're the bait. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get righty-o-chuckers, which yeah. we say all the time in this episode. I love it so well, much. And your outro that you always say, the toodles, is what he says when he leaves. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. I say that a lot. And as you just said, I use it in my outro. I also like when the Joker asks Charlie for his wallet, and Charlie sounds so relieved where he's like, oh, sure. Like, I don't have much. And he thinks he's just being robbed, and that's it. And he's like, Mm -hmm. almost like, oh, I'm just being robbed. Like, that's, and Joker's like, oh, please don't insult (laughs) me. And like, takes his (laughs) license. Like, you're fucked and i just think it just it's so great just to see how unpredictable he is as he as he said because joker's being like soft and reasonable with charlie one minute and then charlie asked like the wrong question like and he's like i don't know i haven't mm-hmm. thought of it yet and he's just like in his face angry and it's just so intimidating it's just pitch perfect joker so we go to the police station next and we get gordon and bullock talking in the hallway and as they're talking about like gordon's ceremony did you notice there's a blonde woman with glasses and a ponytail in a, like a police uniform and she walks through the middle of them and she gives Gordon a stink eye as she does it? I know, I've i never noticed it before, but I was like, why did they animate that? Like, why, why wouldn't they just have Gordon and Bullock talking? Why did they have this woman walk through the middle? And she's blonde and I'm like, hang on a minute, maybe... Because they hadn't established Holly Quinn's backstory yet. Maybe that's what that was Harley Quinn like maybe that was you know harleen quinzel before she was a psychiatrist and you know and all that plot line and i was like developing this whole thing to talk to you about like they were planting seeds and like mm-hmm. that gave her more motive but then when we cut to the fucking celebration she's mm-hmm. sitting there at the head table and she's the one, she's been gassed and i was like ah there goes my fucking theory yeah she's just a cop button yeah she's just a cop but it was really weird
1: have we said on this show yet that james gandolfini would have been the Best bullock ever.
0: No, we haven't. Right? You're so right. Just like just, just the way he acts, like, hey, doll, like all that stuff. Like, you could see him being yeah. an absolute perv. Yeah, you can. You're so right with that, where he's just like, baby doll, entertainment. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the freaking bag. I uh, don't care about the freaking bag. Gotcha. <laughs> and stuff in his face with all the hors d'oeuvres and like breathing heavily. Ah, he I got goal at this, uh, the, the police <laughs> thing. It's well <real> done. <laughs> i like gordon asking batman if he knows anywhere he can rent a tux and then looks up and batman's gone like that's classic you know like that's like gordon rent <laughs> i don't rent a tux good sir no i don't know a place to rent a tux how does he know when to leave the conversation because he's just talking with with gordon and then he just disappears or better yet what if gordon uses that quiet time to make himself feel better like he knows batman's gone like he sees him leave out of the corner of his eye and he's like don't say anything right now batman if you think my mustache makes me look 10 years younger and then batman's gone he's just like "Ah, i knew it (laughs) his his head pops back
1: in the window it makes you look 10 years (laughs) old you don't get it my shtick is i leave but i hide next to the window just in case i miss (laughs) any important information (laughs) then i leave so i don't know why i do it it's it's entertainment uh, for me and i don't know where to rent the ducks because i'm not a peasant have a good day have you seen the bat plane you think i'm fucking living in the slums ah. bruce wayne baby <laughs> my fucking butler doesn't run a tux baby he lives 24 7 in tuxes he sleeps in one <laughs> it's one of those like drawn-on tuxes on like a t-shirt and shorts <laughs> oh, his pajama tux
0: yeah oh night, nice great that. <laughs> So, what did you think of the first appearance of Harley uh, and her first scene with the Joker in this episode?
1: Just the best. She's the the best. She's great in this episode. Really funny.
0: Just such an iconic, unique voice. Just and such a presence in the show. Yeah, she really is. She she comes out swinging immediately. Like you notice her when you first see her. And even if I didn't know how big Harley Quinn was going to be, like I can remember as a kid like harley was just a a presence on screen when i was Mm. watching it and it still is um and she's obviously like she's still finding her voice and the character this is her first time ever being this character her voice isn't as squeaky as it sometimes is i noticed and like she's less enthused with the joker like she doesn't seem like she's madly in love with him she seems more like she's interested in him and she's kind of a paid henchwoman like kind of like batman 66 you know what i mean Mm. like they got a stick and they're going along with it and they're obviously henchmen that are being paid but overall like she still is hardly she creates a character right there in the first minute
1: i know and she's only in her iconic outfit for like the first like minute of yeah. the show i mean I, is it established that they're even
0: a couple at that point or is, is she literally just a henchwoman in this scenario she's just a henchwoman i mean if we're going by canon she is already in love with him because she obviously freed him from yeah the i'm talking about in terms of, of writing and stuff but like it's that. writing yeah, yeah she, she she's just she is just a paid like henchwoman because she even says like beauty score sounds good right now i think yeah. she obviously made some bad decisions and, and chose to be the joker but i do love joker calling charlie whilst getting the haircut again that's like such a cool little thing that paul dini <laughs> brings to this such a nice touch leave the sideburns yeah that's just great whilst he's telling charlie that like he never lost track of him like it's such a scary phone call but he's like getting the haircut you know it's so casual now, for him now i do have a, a, a strange problem
1: with this scene is that the Joker calls up Charlie on the phone, who's now living states away in Ohio. In ter- yes. If Gotham is n- New Jersey, then that's a long drive or a flight. And in fact, he says, you need to be on the next flight out to Gotham. Yeah. But when he says that, his two henchmen drive by in a car outside of Charlie's place. So I'm like, <laughs> Did they fly there and rent a car to drive around to that spot? Or <laughs> did you make them drive all the way to Ohio? And like, when he gets on the plane, are you guys going to get on the plane as well? You know what? You could have done the courtesy of driving, Charlie to the airport
0: (laughs) also how does he know that those are the joker's goons they don't drive by and like give a hand gesture like a gun or like i'm gonna kill your family they just drive by and they just look at the house and keep on driving and i'm like those could have been anyone that's the thing is
1: they're they're not supposed to show that they know he's there i think that was more joker being like if if he says no to this then kill his whole fucking family and him right that's the reason they're there right okay so I, I
0: don't think they like, want to be i thought joke i thought joker timed it perfectly where he's like when i tell him like don't think about running again that's when like rocco and henshaw come in and he's like okay now drive 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 <laughs> and they just drive by <laughs> slowly and he's like perfect you did it yeah i think uh i think that whole scene is fun again like it answers questions that you might have even as a kid like they could have easily been like charlie goes to gotham but he gives Charlie no choice but to go to Gotham, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no out for him. He can't run anymore. I think that's great. And I love the Joker's reaction when he sees Charlie again for the first time, like he's an old friend. And he says, like, lost a little weight and lost a little hair too. And I'm like, he looks the exact same, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> he ain't lost weight. You know it. And he ain't lost hair. It's the same, like, little quiff he's got going on. I'm um, going to say that to you the next time I see you oh thanks <laughs> Lost a little weight <laughs> and a little hair too oh
1: no now i'm gonna anticipate it and i'm gonna be like <laughs> <But> you're like <laughs> you gonna hit with a double work he's like i have lost weight oh
0: my hair <laughs> <laughs> so yeah as i said earlier bullock is stuffing his face with hors d'oeuvres and montoya looks really annoyed with him the whole time that they're there and i mm-hmm. wondered is she his date for this shindig No,
1: I don't think so. I think she just doesn't enjoy his presence being there. Maybe she was forced to sit
0: at his table or something like that. She'd be invited to it as well. That's true. She would, wouldn't she? Yeah, Yeah, she's a police officer. And what is this place that they're... This, like, peregrine club or whatever? It's got a banquet room, a hall of inventions, Egyptian statues, medieval jousting weapons, and an Aztec temple with poison-tipped darts. Like, what is this fucking place? It's, this is the part of the Batman The Anime series that I cannot stand, is when they go into
1: a room, and there's something like, we're fighting with planets! And, and oh, <laughs> careful for the careful the, the room with, with darts! And, like, that's like, well, what if a janitor went in there, right? Not paying any attention... <laughs> it's his first day. He's hoovering around. He's dusting. He gets shot with a poison dart. Falls. Lands in the middle of that circle, and then is suddenly stabbed death. Would they be like, "Right, well, you didn't know that we had a replica temple all the way down to
0: the poison darts? Come on, it's like a shtick. <laughs> so, what do you think of Charlie getting Batman's attention by hanging the old like bat-shaped plane in the window? Uh, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit far. <laughs> Just a bit of an even. Better. Even <laughs> Charlie himself's like. That will never work, right? Like, uh, no way. There's no light even coming from the window. It's just I can't believe it worked. I mean, obviously Bruce is there, and it was such a stroke of luck. But how many times has Batman been fooled by that? Like it's Halloween, and a kid hangs a fake bat in the window, and he comes <laughs> crashing through, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And the kid's like, "What? What are you doing?" He's like, "You called me, is it the Joker? Two Face? It's a bat in the window." That's my single, baby. Like
1: I'm, I'm here to answer. Or like there's some of the there's another kid's birthday party going on. There's like a bat pinata, and he just hops in, and he just smashes it. Full of jumper's poison
0: toxins. <laughs> <laughs> it's just candy for children. Whoopsie. <laughs> Some kids are like playing hand puppets in in front of like a torchlight, and then one makes a bat signal, and he's like, "The penguin, I'm here. Don't worry." It now.
1: This is the origin of how the bat signal was made. Like God was like, "All right, Batman, there's just one signal for you now, and it's on top of the police station. Okay, you see that one? You're in danger. Not just because you see the shapes and
0: silhouettes of bats everywhere." A bat flies past a light in the back cave, and he's like, "Oh my god, I need it, Alfred!" I'm, he's like, "Alfred, we're... I need it in that corner of the back cave. There could be a leak or something." so we're in the bat cave (laughs) (laughs) i'm seeing signals everywhere alfred there's so much danger down here i'm so needed here uh speaking of speaking of like branding and signals and stuff i love a branded joker bomb i think it looks so good i love it like his face on a stick of dynamite his countdown is in the eyes i think that's a real nice touch it would be like something like uh like memorabilia I would want to own, you know what I mean? Like a Joker yeah. bomb. It looks classic. Batman disposing of that bomb too by shooting out the window. I thought that was pretty cool with the Rapnel gun, shooting it out up the top of the window. That yeah. was quick Wrapping yeah. it up as quick as the Dickens. Yeah, he did wrap it up really quick, didn't he? That was sped up, and then the scene where Batman takes out Joker's thugs and captures Harley Quinn—that's also very Batman sixty six. Like I was expecting, like bam, pow, and wham on the screen, like when he's fighting them in the museum with the artifacts. That just felt very—it felt very dated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I also thought the scene when he, the cops are frozen and he puts bombs in them, felt very Batman Returns to me as well. Like uh, there was uh, the vibe of the Burton universe. Was in that scene for me, especially yeah. You are right,
0: like, walking away as well. Yeah, that felt like some Tim Burton mixed with some Batman sixty six, which I guess kind of what the show you know sometimes does. Yeah, when it's finding its footing. And then the museum sequence continues, and it does include my love that Batman moment for this episode. There was a few. There was a runner up where, like, when he jumps in through the ceiling of the the club. He's in sh- like silhouette shadow yeah. and his eyes looking down. I thought he looked really cool, but my favorite is when Joker thinks he's killed him with the trick floor. And there's the shot from below. You see the spiky yeah. floor and you see Joker's shadowy head like check to see if he's got him and then you just see Batman's eyes appear underneath the trap floor. You know he's holding on. You're like, that looks so cool. I agree, but there was also another one that I liked as well, where
1: it was full silhouette of Batman and he chucks his cape out to like move like the dirt away
0: from him or something like that. It happens later on in the episode. I I that was my Batman moment. Yeah, that's actually that's a good one too. Yeah, I did I did like the look of that. Um yeah, some really good animation as you said and Batman does always look cool in silhouette. So yeah. he's got some great silhouettes in this one. What did you think of Charlie confronting Joker in the alleyway? It's a fantastic scene.
1: It, it's just brilliant. It's it's the the guy that, you know, that's his cool. whole speech about joker killed in alleyway by like a nobody like and the delivery of like kind of funny when you think about it like i yes. love that so much and he's just like basically gone off the lines and one of the funniest mark hamill moments happens where i can't remember exactly how the line leads up to it but it's like you know i think you've been dealing too much with batman and he calls out for batman <laughs> the so joker good. calling out
0: for batman's help is just funny it is. It's beautifully done. If you're the fucking Joker and you're like, this guy's fucking crazy, then, like, you know, yes. shit's about to go down. Yeah, and it's beautiful because, like, he's been pushing Charlie around this whole episode, making him scared for two years, and he finally pushed him into a corner, and Charlie's like, now I'm just as crazy as you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm to just. Lose. I, i'm nothing to lose I'm, I'm i'm nuts and that's what's scary to the joker because he likes to have leverage and there's no leverage over charlie in that moment and the so way the episode- he says like no fight to the death with the dark knight like all that stuff like yes great
1: like i was like damn yeah, charlie like knows a lot about joker's ambitions <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and future references as
0: well yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a shout out to like dark knight returns Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was uh, it was just such a great way to end this episode. pour everything full circle and of course even more full circle is like Batman walking away with Charlie after he tricked him with a fake bomb. I thought that was a nice touch. And then Charlie looks forward to going home and eating meatloaf for dinner. He's yeah, like even that sounds good. Joker hiding behind Batman's cape is just it's very funny. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a great episode. Is it still like one of your favorites on a rewatch? Yeah, I I love this episode. I think it's a lot of fun. Um but we have to what else, what is in our top 3? Well, I was going to say cuz we're going to have to do our our top 3 now. We've got um we got Under the Wings, Two-Face Part 1 and uh Feet of Clay Part 2. Those are our three that are in there. Heart of Ice is like in the top 5. I um, I would replace this with Feet of Clay, to be honest. This is just a super fun episode. It is, yeah. So you want to keep Two-Face Part 1 on Leather Wings and drop Feet of Clay down and put this one as third? I do, yes, as third. Okay. Yeah, Only because I'll, those I'll other two are one. just super well-made stuff. Absolutely. and like This one is just fun. This is just a fun episode. Absolutely, yeah. And ones that we don't mention in top three like, are still in our top ten, you know what I mean, that we've watched, yeah. like Heart of Ice, Grey Ghost. They're all there. But top three, I think I agree with you. This, this episode is definitely i finally see mark hamill's joker like it's no wonder this is the first one ever aired where you see him be his joker because he is so good as you said he's unpredictable he's funny he's scary he's intimidating it's just it's the perfect blend of joker in this episode um and what a great little story you know like it's just an average gotham citizen being brought into this crazy world of like caped villains and heroes i think is, is awesome and they kind of do it again you know i always feel like
1: that other episode where what's it called the man who killed batman or something like that it always feels yeah. like a a unofficial sequel to to this where just yeah average joe gets thrown
0: into the world of superheroes yeah, you're right. That's another episode I can't wait to get to. Great music, very Hitchcock feel as well. So we've got lots of great episodes to come with Joker, but the next one we're reviewing is titled Vendetta. Now, I know that title doesn't give much away, but do you know what Vendetta is about? Nope. It is the first appearance of Killer Croc in this Oh, okay, cool. And I thought we're going to be just past Halloween after that so it'll be around the spooky season that we review that and killer crocs a spooky character i think that he's
1: a monster Absolutely. isn't he so that i works. drew batman fighting killer croc when i worked on batman urban legends which was my first ever time drawing batman for that's right comics. you did
0: yeah i'm looking forward to that i really like killer croc in this show i so must say forward
1: to him. i drew a pretty fucking awesome killer croc
0: you did it was very animated series a bit of jim lee and like a capullo kind of mix there with yep. your uh... Yep. that's <laughs> what i was now that uh yeah i love that if you what's the name of that book is it urban legends issue number what i don't i, I never remember the issues that i worked on it's like 17 or 18 but it's batman hang urban on legends. hang on i got it right next to me actually in the oh, box really? yeah because i'm moving my comics around hold one second hang on i'm
1: gonna find it i'm gonna say it's issue 17 maybe 18 I can hear you.
0: Okay, because I got my headphones so. on. Ah, shit! I thought it was right on top, right? <laughs> I don't know. what got it. Oh, look, outbreaks. Oh, here it is. <laughs> outbreaks. What? You, what number do you think it is? I think it's seventeen. Add two to that. It's issue nineteen. Ah, so close. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, he did. Batman Urban Legends for DC Comics, issue 19. It's a bunch of different stories, but you're like the second or third story in, and it's a great Killer Croc-involved story with a, I guess, a, a sort of serial killer? Uh, Yeah, but he's killing reptiles. Yeah, I didn't want to give the game away, but yeah, there's a serial killer of reptiles going around, and, got a really and like... Killer Croc doesn't like that very much. No, and it, you know what? It's got also a very Psycho Hitchcock vibe to it. That mm, story, it does. I really like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So go check that shit out. All right, bud. Are you ready to play our first game, which is Riddle Me This, Willie? Am I am I Willie? I am Willie. I am. Focus, focus, focus.
1: But you'll still have to answer the riddle. I can't believe it's luck. Oh darn! Now there's a riddle for you. The lucky guess. That's all. Now, now, no sore losers.
0: (laughs) This is a game I play with my brother where I ask him three questions on the episode we just watched to make sure he was paying attention. Feel free to play along at home or in your car or wherever you are. Question one. Name one thing that Charlie lists and complains about when talking about his day while stuck in traffic. He didn't get his promotion.
1: He does not like his wife's meatloaf. Yeah, there's one more.
0: Um, it was before the meatloaf. He, he's upset that Batman cut him off. No, he didn't complain about that, although he is upset. I mean, I only said name one, so you got it right. The one I was looking for is His Kid Needs Braces. That's it. His Kid Needs Braces, yeah. Question two. How many years go by until Joker calls Charlie to cash in his favor? Two. One and two. One and two. Correct. Two is the answer that I was looking for. And question three what item on the table does the paralyzing gas release from at the ceremony oh the champagne bottle oh that's a good guess that actually would have been cooler than the actual answer like if the champagne bottles all popped with gas ah you're a writer um (laughs) it's the answer i was looking for do you want to take another guess before i give you the answer Mm. What do you open at a table? Champagne bottle you open at a table. Well, it's nothing that opens. It just shoots out a bit. Candles? Yes, candles is the correct answer. came out of all the candlesticks. All right, and a bonus, just in case I thought maybe if you want some extra points across the board here. What did Charlie change his first name to when he moved to Ohio? Oh, fuck. Bob? Oh, that's so close. It's a three-letter name, and it begins with a D. Dan? I'm going to have to say that it's incorrect. The answer is Don, as in Don Wallace is his father. Oh, Don Draper. All right. Yep. Uh, Very good guess. Can you name the state he moved to? Ohio, right? yeah that is correct ohio i think i said that in my question but just in case springdale ohio is where he moves to all right buddy i mean you got them the bonus was just extra but you got them all right so that's pretty great shows how much you love this episode and paid more attention to it than normal yeah what are you saying i don't usually pay attention no, not all the time. <laughs> Especially that time when you told me recently, you're like, one time we reviewed an episode of Spider Man on Spider Man: The Animated Series podcast, Spider-Man. and I didn't even watch that fucker, and I, I coasted didn't...
1: through that review. I was like, I've seen it before. It was it was a big <laughs> one. I was like, I, I know the cliff notes. <laughs> all right, like, next... what, and what did you think of that scene? I'm like, how does it start again? And you're like, oh, it's this, this, this. I'm like, yeah,
0: that's the part I liked about it. <laughs> i wish i knew what episode that was so i could like go back and listen and be like there it is he's lying right now no idea all right it's our next category of the day which is ace the bat sound This is a game that we play with you, the listener. Each week I'll play a brief music clip from the show and you have to guess who the character is or the title of the episode that the music belongs to. The answer to each clip will be revealed in the following episode. So last week we had this music clip. if you still don't know, here's a clue of a voice clip from that episode.
1: Perhaps the loss of your parents? Were they taken from you by violence? What happened to my parents is no secret.
0: But no one knows that you feel it was your fault,
1: yes? I was only a child. There was nothing I could do. But you wanted to do something. You were filled
0: with anger. You desired what? A need filled you. All-consuming. All-controlling. What was it, Mr. Way? What was it? I wanted... Yes. Revenge! All right, is a character that's bolder than Charlie Collins, bolder than me, even though you compared me to him on the last time that we were on this podcast together. It is Hugo Strange from the episode The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Chuckling over there, you son of a bitch. Look, I'm fatter than you. I can have something to make fun of you for. <laughs> you know how Hugo Strange can see people's like deepest, darkest thoughts? It's just me, it's just me losing my hair. <laughs> like, oh, what was that?
1: There was that dream you had where you met all the different versions of you. There was, oh like, the God. buff you, like, the skinny you, and then there was those was super fat, bald version <laughs> of you in the corner that you said, I, I just can't talk to that guy. So I'm, I, 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 I'm not even going to approach him to talk
0: to him. Because he was obviously your biggest fear in the corner. He looks so alone, and no, none of me... Like all of the me's didn't want to talk to him. They just let him like sit in the corner, That's sad. eating alone as some bald fat guy that was like wearing clothes that were too tight for him. That was another thing. His t-shirt was so tight, sound like hey. you in Croatia. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I'm turning into that me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no of the other me's are going to talk to me. Oh, I forgot about that dream. That's quite creative. My my dreams sometimes
1: they come up with some good stuff wow, it's like you're the only person that's ever had an interesting dream before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Everyone has interesting dreams. Every version of you in this dream would be an arsehole, let me tell you. <laughs> Your
1: partner was in my dream the other night. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Not a sexual dream, for Christ's sake. More information quick. More information quick. Uh, I was in my bedroom, and there was Lady Gaga came on, for some reason it was like a new thing and then your girlfriend like a lawn dart was thrown into the room and like skid face first across the floor it's just really funny because like like she had purposely like jumped like a lawn dart to skid across the floor because in the room i was in somebody was talking about lady gaga
0: Did someone say Lady Gaga? I mean, yeah. she's not that crazy about Lady Gaga, but yeah, I mean, if she comes up in combo, she'll probably perk up and start listening. It's only when you start talking about like Batman or something like that, she's like slowly doing out. We played this game on holiday, I forgot to tell you, which was like the twenty questions game. Mm-hmm. And my choice was Love that game, by the way. Always up for playing yeah, the twenty game. question game. Yeah. I think it's great. We were floating around in the in our pool and we were In our personal pool for our room, and we were just like chatting shit, and then we just played the game. So I chose Batman, and I was like, this is going to be an easy win for her because my choice before was Steve Carell. And she was like, Is it a male? Yes. Is he alive? Yes. Is he an actor? Yes. Is he in a show that we watch? Yes. She's like, Is it Steve Carell? I was like, Fuck me. That was like five guesses or whatever. So I was like, She's a fascinating game because people
1: pretty much all the time always get at least in 20 who you're thinking of and yeah you, and like i chose senacious crumb once and
0: somebody got it i was like what how did you that's get weird crumb? that's insane so i chose batman and i was like she's gonna guess this immediately mm. she didn't she lost and when it got to the last she finally like asked um if it was a superhero on like question 18 and i was like yes now you've got two guesses mm-hmm. and she's like is it spider-man i'm like no so i'm like question 20 here we go like she's gonna guess Mm -hmm. batman and she's like superman and i'm like i
1: don't what i
0: was like and i I
1: left her on holiday and i haven't seen her since
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's like it was
1: batman as i'm like walking out of the room a bit of an oversight when you just fucking spend your time editing and uploading all these videos about batman. <laughs> you're, you're talking
0: about starting your own batman collection and all this stuff which and she likes all the videos that i post she always is like supportive of that stuff but yeah that character i guess just slipped her mind um anyway we're playing this musical game here's the musical clip for next week's episode <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys you'll have to name the character that that music belongs to not the episode who is the character that that musical theme belongs to all right it's our next category you've got mail oh by the way this came for you an hour ago by messenger you've got mail thank you alfred this is where i take all your comments emails messages and especially podcast reviews and read them out on the pod First up, a massive thank you to listener Britt Gibson, who dropped us 20 quid in our podcast. Wow. Picture, which is super generous of you. Thank you so much for all the help and keeping the lights on here in the pod cave. Yeah, I did you like that, the pod cave? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. Um, but thank you Brit, that's awesome I didn't get a message, so if you sent a message Britt, I didn't get one along with that Sometimes PayPal, because it's done through PayPal The tip jar, sometimes it's weird And doesn't send the message, it just says who it's from And the tip, so if you did leave a message Just uh, shoot us a DM On Instagram or Facebook or whatever At Batman TAS Pod Or email us at Batman TAS Pod At gmail.com I'm pretty sure she's also a supporter of my Outbreaks book as well, so wow. thank you very much Britt. That's amazing. So yeah, if you did have a question for us or there was a message, please do get in touch. Next up, we got listener Patrick Holland who wrote in and said, you guys are fucking hilarious. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Patrick. (laughs) Short, sweet, to the point. Really nice. Listener Harry Baldock, we all know Harry, wrote in and said, Ah, hey guys. the (laughs) Baldock. He wrote it and said, hey guys, hope you are well. Just finished listening to the follow-on interview material with Kevin Altieri. Some brilliant insights as usual, especially on the Batwing. The blacked-out Spitfire you discussed almost exists. We currently have a hurricane and night fighter paint scheme. It looks like Batman would fly it for sure. And I shared that video with you, Bud, um, on our holiday. So cool. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, so... Harry, if you want, you can um, post that and tag us on the interwebs if you're allowed to, just to share what the Batwing might look like if it was a Spitfire or some sort of alternate fighter jet. More, more impressive was the video he sent in the air, flying with Spitfires. So fucking yeah, cool! It's so cool. Next up, we got listener Scotty Holly wrote in and asked.
1: Ah, we get all the hits
0: now. <laughs> we, 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 we,
1: we, we just let's the Holly.
0: All three of these people have supported my comics, so thank you guys so much. Uh, Scully says hey guys don't know if this is the right place for questions but i was wondering would you ever consider reviewing the arkham games i know technically not part of the same universe as beat has but do have some of the same people from the show that worked on the games like paul dini kevin conroy mark hamill etc would be interesting to hear both your thoughts on the stories of the games but keep up the great work lads and thanks for the laughs
1: yeah i'd happily do it i love those first two games of they some of my favorite interpretations of batman you know, you get all the voice... Most of the voice axes from the animated series are in it. It's written by Paul Dini, the first two. And they're just great, great games. And I'm also really fucking good at them. Like the challenge mode. You Ooh, are. look out, buddy. Yeah. I will are. get... To, I was, like, top of the leaderboards back in the day on PS3.
0: Like, I kick ass on those games you do yeah i I am the bat i remember being annoyed at how good you were like the streak combos and i was like yeah you got like i don't know like a 500 streak or whatever oh yeah i think 500 (laughs) was like my biggest one yeah, it was I remember watching that and, and I used
1: like, I used to, on purpose I used to do the
0: circle one where because Because yes. you'd always go like, Ah oh, Batman! <laughs> yeah. It was fun watching you be the bat. Usually you watch me play video games, right? But mm. this was the reverse and I and I and it's Batman. You usually think I would be the one that was like the best at it because I'm so obsessed with the character. But yeah, it was great something to sit about, back and watch you do that.
1: Something about the way those games are are made, like the the, the fighting, the combos, like it just, my brain gets it. Like, it's one of the rare games. Like, I'm, I'm not, I play a lot of video games, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm very good at video games. I'm very good at a game called uh, Battlefield. That's that's one I'm very good at. As a sniper, I like to sit out far away and I aim above people's heads and I watch that bullet curve and get a headshot. That's very satisfying. But that game and The Arkham Games are the games that I've been, like, really good at. Everything, everything else, I'm very mediocre.
0: Yeah, well, if you want to play that, for content, I think what we could do is because you have the ability to play these games, you know, you have a great system set up over there for your game consoles, and we could screen record it and we could post it on YouTube. We can, it would be, be a long tease process, and
1: it'd have to be at a time when you and I don't have much going on. But I would like to do that at some point because I own the games, well, I own them on PS5, I also own them on my computer so I can play them any which way we like.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't have to play loads of it, you know what I mean? Like, we'll do one of the challenge modes, and then we could do, like, a level that you really enjoyed and, like, not even show the whole level. But I think it would be great to, you know, do, like, game one and do, like, a couple bits for that. And it would, you know, I could edit it down into, like, a 20-minute video and put it on our YouTube. I think there'd be some cool content and a way for Mm -hmm. us to, like, yeah, exactly, as Scotty said, like, it it links to beat in some way and i think there'd be i miss those games to be honest so i'd love to go back and play I, them with you i play challenge mode from time to time still I, around halloween as well i usually like to play it because uh, the vibes of those games have always been quite halloweeny to me and okay cool well the other thing i was thinking of is if we don't manage to figure out how to do it on youtube because i think sometimes copyright might be a bitch and it might strike it on that yeah twitch being. or something like that we can do twitch or we can set up a patreon and these could be additional things that we can have we could have like video game let's plays and stuff like that on a patreon um and that could be part of that service because i am working on a patreon for this podcast for extra stuff that would be a good place for that
1: um we can play the batman and uh batman adventures i think it's called or the adventures of batman and robin on sega cd which i have as well yeah because i've never been able to beat the first fucking mission of that when you're in the batmobile i can't beat it so you can watch
0: me struggle to fucking beat that mission yeah and there's that batman vengeance game there's the batman rise of Sinzu or tin Sin yeah whatever it may be um yeah i think some video game let's plays on patreon might be pretty cool batman returns on super nintendo is a dope
1: game that i would love to Ooh, beat
0: yeah Okay, well we'll we'll think about that. Thank you, Scotty, for the suggestions. We will come back to you and let you know once we figure it out. And then finally we got listener Rhett Molberg who wrote in and asked, What is your favorite Batman show besides Batman the Animated Series? Mine is Brave and the Bold, he said. Um Mine is Batman sixty six, outside of Petez. Yeah. I love that show. Uh, I uh, I guess mine's Batman sixty six. We haven't really seen, I mean, we did watch quite a bit of, especially when I moved back to the UK and we were living together, we did watch a lot of The Batman. The Batman. We watched quite a bit of that show and there was some there was some pretty good episodes in that. Yeah, um, but it's not as good as Batman
1: 66. My favourite show outside of Batman the Animated Series is The Adventures of Batman
0: and Robin. Moving on. <laughs> that was good. that's sneaky. I like how you did that. So, thank you everybody for writing in. And if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever you're listening to us on right now, as it helps us back grapple up the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. And if you leave a review, we might read it out on the pod at the end of each episode. It really does help us out a lot, guys. Go on your app right now, leave us a five-star review, and leave us a written review if you can. And please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform of choice if you haven't yet already. Also, you can follow us on social media at Batman TAS Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere but the app formerly known as Twitter, which is at Batman TAS Pod 1. And that is because why? Because we are the number one Batman, the animated series podcast. You're goddamn right. And in the description of this episode, you'll find a tip jar where you can gift us any amount of money you can afford to give if you so wish. As we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists, any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary, but always greatly appreciated. And finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson. And you can follow Will on his socials to stay up to date what he's working on now and get a glimpse into the workday of a comic book artist and writer. Will, where can our listeners find you?
1: Anywhere on the internet at Robson Inc. And that's at Robson, I-N-K. Or you can head to my website, speechcomics.com, where you can keep up on my self-funded comic book
0: outbreaks. That's right. All right, so our last category of the day, which is what are you putting in your holes? Buddy, what do you take and cram into your holes to make yourself feel better?
1: <laughs> uh, buttery biscuits.
0: <laughs> um, I, meant, I meant more as content that you're consuming. Well, my wife got these biscuits that we used to have in America. <laughs> not, that's not content. It's content for me. <laughs> anyway,
1: no, all right, never mind about the biscuits. Um, uh, I'm still rewatching watching Enthusiasm. I just watched a hilarious episode today that is so freaking cringy, and I loved it so much. It's after Larry's wife separates from him, and he starts dating a doctor, and he can't, like, read her writing Oh, she writes yes. it, like a love note, and there's a uh, tons of misinterpretation in the episode. Jeff ends up getting his head shaved off, his hair shaved off. Accidentally, oh, yeah,
0: that's and right. And he starts
1: seeing like people being like not nice to bald people. It's just such a good episode, and I just love that show so much. So, been watching that. Uh, been watching old horror movies, and and trying to find ones I like. I do not like. Anything to do with The House of Usher. I just watched the Vincent Price movie. It sucked. i tried to watch the Mike Flanagan fall Fall of the House of Usher. It is not good. It's depressing that it's not good because Mike Flanagan is one of the best freaking horror creators out there. Gerald's Game is one of my favorite horror movies. Haunting a Hill House is the reason why I got deeply into horror because that show scared me so much. And it almost, it broke me out of my mold of, I used to be too scared to watch horror movies and I was so scared in that show that I was. I was finally not scared You're of horror movies anymore. To
0: everything else,
1: absolutely, and now I can watch you know horror movies and and not be scared at all, which is great. And, and he's created a bunch of other stuff that I really like as well, Doctor Sleep, which you recently watched and, and loved. That's a great movie. But I don't know. I have no, I, I didn't like the Midnight Club. And I was like, okay, but maybe it's just not for me. It's like a teen thing. Like, it's for a different audience. So I let that one slide. Like, whatever. Yeah, sure. I'm not the – yeah a 33-year-old white English guy is not going to like a bunch of, like, teenagers in America dying of cancer, especially because our mum died of cancer as so well. I was like, this show is not for me. Like, I have no interest in this. <laughs>
0: All right, go off um, the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and it was a bit anthology as well, which I wasn't in the mood for. Uh, but Fall of House Usher, I just don't like it. I, he takes a bit too many liberties when recently when it comes to characters having monologues, mm. where every fucking character has a monologue, and it gets real tedious. And look, sometimes he does monologues, and they're amazing. It, it, for instance, Midnight Mass, great show. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. Fantastic show, really, really cool. There's a monologue in there by the police officer when he's talking about religion, and he, he like talks why his religion uh because he's a muslim his book is just as important as the bible and he like he fucking owns these like diehard christians and it's a great great monologue in full of house of usher there's a few very good monologues in it but when every single character starts their conversation being like you know back in 1872 when this battle was being fought i'm like this is not how people speak (laughs) like you don't say like oh this this tuna sandwich is a bit dry not as dry as the Sahara Desert in 1397. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story for the next 30 minutes, and at the end I'm going to make a big point. And, and what happens is these people make huge points, and the other characters just, like, stare and look at them, like, wow. It's
0: like, is this how you converse? Anyway, Imagine being the show... actor where you've got, to, you've got to act off someone for an entire monologue and show, like, your reactions, and you've got to change oh, it up. That, that sounds shitty.
1: I'd be doing stupid faces, but I'm like, oh, yeah? because <laughs> you know the the, the shot's not going to be on you you're, um, eating the tuna, yeah. you're eating the tuna sandwich like i think it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i think i made it through three episodes of fall of the house of Usher, and you know it's kind of like it's got a slight succession vibe which might make you say oh well i love succession so maybe i'll like this it's like a horror succession it is like that but the thing is it's like in Succession, they're all unlikable characters, right? They're supposed to be. But you still root for some of them. You still, like, there's absolute emotional depth to some of them. Some of them have certain weird quirks and kinks that really play off the characters. So, the problem with The Fall of the House of Usher is, like, take all of that away, and it's just people you don't like doing lots of sex. Every character has a weird sex thing, like, one person, she fucks her assistants, the other person likes to sit and watch her husband have a meal with a lady pretending that it's a wife while she masturbates like it's and it's sex crazy and i'm like am I a prude now
0: or something like everything has to do with sex <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sitting over here who hasn't watched it yet and i'm like that sounds pretty good I yeah watch like,
1: <laughs> I, I, I thought, how's that, that sounds pretty good um I, I, but, like, I don't mind a character having sex with me.
0: I couldn't enjoy a meal if i sit there and my partner's just wanking in the corner as yeah. I'm pretending to They're be. Talking in about his way. day. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, my so, God. Don't want a yucky yum if that's what you're
1: into, but I couldn't have a meal yeah. with that going on. You look at succession, you know, Roman, the character, had sex stuff, weird stuff. But it's explained much later on in the show. You kind of figure it out towards the end why he's like that and it explains his character and it it works it's it's a part of the plot but this just seemed to be like they're doing crazy sex stuff because of crazy sex stuff you know it's it's like why 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 are these characters doing it and it's fine if one does it and there's a good reason but when every single character is like i'm fucking your wife well i'm watching you as I masturbate and I fuck my assistants and it's in their contract that they need to fuck me every night. It's like, oh. this is too much sex stuff. Like, it's too much. <laughs> when does it be a horror? And then, like, again, when does but, it have time to be a horror? Oh, there is, look, there is horror in it and Flanagan does it well. The cinematography is fantastic in the show, as all of Mike Flanagan's stuff is. But the horror is... So, I turned it off on one scene when one of the main characters who's a great actress. She's the main lady in Gerald's Game and the mother in Haunting a Hill House. Really great, really spooky lady as well. Mm. But there was a scene when she starts pretending to be an ape and it's supposed to be scary and she's like running towards a character going like, ooh, ooh, ha, ha. And I was like, okay, that's it for me. I'm done. <laughs> like I turned off the show at that point. What was that, her I just wasn't... Is that what she was into? <laughs> <laughs> It could have been. Yeah, and like, there's too many layers to the show where it's like, we haven't told you what's going on in the past and why this is happening, and this is happening as well. Oh, but did you know there's a secret sibling going on as well? And you don't even know how they got their money. I know, wait, did you tell your money? Did you know that their dad, he was a rich guy and he didn't live with them, and they buried their mother and she came back? I was like, this is too much information at once. Like... It, too many characters too much information it makes me upset because Mike Flanagan is incredible and he, and he he can do incredible things and like I said Midnight Club I was like this is not for me and that's fine no I, I'm not the type of fucking guy which I fucking hate when people are like Ugh, I, I don't like it because of woke culture and all this stuff. shut the fuck up not everything is made for you sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up I hate that fucking shit you know what's not made for me? What's that show with the the conservatives? It's a like conservative porn for them. Where it's it's uh, Robin Hood on a open range. Uh, I, I have no idea. The guy who played for Kevin Costner, and he's like... Oh, it's, it's some, oh yeah, it's some cowboy I, thing. I, yeah. I tried to watch it. I was like, this is low-key fucking softcore porn for Republican housewives in, in like the deep state. Like It's fine. Right. Not for me. Yeah. I know that it's for someone, but I don't know. This new show just seems like... Maybe somewhat. Maybe he's got too much freedom, or something like that. Because if every character has a monologue, anybody can do whatever they want. And like,
0: well, it know, is it's just... his. It's his last show with Netflix. So it is. He's, he's moving to Amazon it. now. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe the show he was like, well, fuck it. What do I got to lose? I could like do whatever I want because I'm leaving. I wonder if he just kind of went too far with monologues and like uh, all of his. Because he can really like be a complex writer like you know mm. he does a very good job of explaining all these complexities in the plot line but maybe he just didn't have all of the strings in the right place for this one and it was just too much going on because it just hearing you talk about it is it fucking exhausting <laughs> I'm like seeing you
1: just get also, so riled up over it as well i'll just say one thing like the beginning of the it starts with like he's at the funeral and in the past few weeks his whole family's been murdered like or they've all died and Mysterious ways, right? So we then we get to see like now we get to see how they all die, and I'm like, ah, I don't care though. I know they. Because you know they're right? dead, yeah. And they they show a scene at the beginning where you see all of them as dead bodies. So I'm like, so that guy gets like acid burned. That guy drowns. Like I'm like, so I'm just kind of waiting for these scenes to happen. That I it's made me not Jared's care. That's lame. That's stupid. I hate when when movies and TV do that. And there's, um, and since stuff hasn't been explained, like, there was, like, a jester in a car, like, a demon jester laughing. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And there's, like, been other, like, spooks in it that are just, like, strange where I'm like, you got to tell me a little bit, right? Like, it's like, right. this is the problem with Lost. Is Lost would be like, ooh, I'm interested in this little plot thing. And they're like, here's seven new plot things that might be connected. And you're like, I, I'm still mentally dealing with the other one that you
0: need to feed me more information. Otherwise, I'm out. Right, yeah, yeah. It sounds really convoluted and really annoying, and just not something. I'm glad you watched it and like gave me the heads up because I like it though. To... I mean, as you said, your girlfriend. Mm. Anytime I say I don't like something, she watches it, and loves it. So she yeah, might love House, but Hushy. you're not a, you're not alone. I looked at I went and looked at the reviews, and a lot of people said like boring, too long, doesn't need to have this many speeches or you know big pieces of dialogue. So you're not alone there. A lot of people think that. Um, let's hope when he goes to Amazon, he you know kind of goes back to some of his Gerald game, Haunting of Hill House, Dr. Sleep stuff.
1: Yeah. I think he needs to go back to doing some Stephen King adaptations because yeah. he's the best to ever do it. Dr. Sleep is fantastic. Gerald's game is, is incredible. I, I want to see him do more Stephen King stuff because those two together, that's peanut
0: butter and jelly sandwiches, baby, all day long that's right well as you mentioned dr sleep and you said um i've just watched it and you're right i just watched it yesterday i've seen it before but watching it again it was just like man this is flannelang a ding dong at his finest you know he's just hitting out the park and like doing a, a an iconic horror film a sequel to it 30 years 40 years later justice like i was like this is its own thing because I watched it with my well, it Well, it's
1: still based off of a book. You know that,
0: right? I know it is. I know it's Stephen King's book. But it's still like, what an adaptation. Because no one, uh, you know, going into a Shining sequel is expecting anything else besides like, oh, when are they going to go back to the hotel? Right, like that's pretty much what you're waiting for. But when I yeah. watched this, because the story's so well told, it's such great acting, great characters, it's amazing cinematography, and they give you the spooks at the beginning with like the lady in the bathtub and like the shining Night. odes and stuff you're so swept up in the plot that by the time they do go to the hotel at some point you're like oh my god like now we're now we're like stepping up even more you're not like finally you're like holy Mm. shit this makes a lot of sense for them to go back here at this point in the story oh and i think it's great
1: that shot when you see all of the spooks from the hotel with their glowing white eyes it's amazing. Which is not in the originals. I don't know why he no. chose to make them all have
0: glowing white eyes. Like maybe they're so hungry that they're just like ah, I'm a super That's ghost the, now. That's the point. They want the steam that they're like yeah, sucking yeah. out of people. Yeah, when the bad guy, when she, Rebecca Ferguson was like, You're not alone in there when she's looking in his head, she's like, What are you in those boxes? Like, what are you hiding? And he's mm. like, Everyone and they're hungry. And they all yeah, come out yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Holy ah, shit. It's dope shit. I love it's it. It's a great Absolutely movie! Absolutely love it. Absolutely, I also did a lot of reading on my holiday. I took recommendations from yeah. listeners, and I read one bad day, both Mr. Freeze and the Clayface uh Mr. Freeze was very good. It was a great story, but it wasn't anything new like they did tweak his like his relationship was basically on the rocks before Nora got sick, and also Nora wanted to die but freeze wouldn't let her like and he wanted to keep her like basically as this suspended character because she was like she had a life that he wasn't really a part of in their relationship and he felt more and more distant so essentially this is his way of like keeping her and like yeah as as i've
1: said before i love the interpretation that mr freeze isn't just like a man who loves his wife and he's trying yeah. to keep her alive there's a, some real dark shit going yes. on there which i think just like you're like oh no wonder this guy became a fucking villain because he's a piece of shit
0: yeah you know? exactly <laughs> uh the Clayface one was really good the Clayface one was him as an actor and he's living in la so he's far away from gotham and he tries out for this role and when he's trying out for this role his roommate was like hey um i'm trying out for this role as well and he's instantly like
1: like, i'm gonna fucking kill you then so
0: and no one knows he's clayface right he's just taken on this total new personality and he's like any tips on what i should do and he tells him like he thinks he's sabotaging him like play it funny play it like this and the Mm -hmm. guy comes back and he's like thank you i got the role because of that That
1: wait that happens in that's an episode of friends there's an episode where Joey is teaching, and Joey's. Oh, you're up for right. You're right. And one just of his students is like, yeah. "Hey, I'm up for a role too." And he's like, "You know what you need to do?" And he says, "You need to play it." I'm not going to say the word because it's a daily word, but basically,
0: yeah, play yeah. it as
1: a member of the LGBTQIA plus community as a joke because he doesn't want him to get the job as a boxer and they're like no oh, they loved
0: my interpretation of the yeah. character and he got the role so you're right it is a story of friends i've just watched that episode because i'm on a friends marathon right now but um oh, really? so he killed fun yeah so he kills this guy right and then takes his place and then he tries to play the role like he wanted to not like his friend wanted to ah, and fun. the du- the director's like what are you doing you're playing it totally different so then he's like or i I thought i'd try it this way and the director's like let me talk to you and the director fires him so the next thing you know he kills the director and becomes the director and takes over the movie and then that starts to go wrong because the movie producers are like what are you doing this is not he wants to be an actor he wants to have control over he's so obsessed with like this is how i want this character to be depicted and this is how i see this movie and essentially all he's trying to do is like live in la as a successful actor right but he keeps on failing and the whole point of the story is like eventually he becomes exposed at the end and like people find out it's Clayface, and he's killed like three or four people like trying to make this movie happen and um he says this great thing to batman because bruce wayne comes over uh, as part of this like movie premiere and that's how batman ends up being there uh he says everyone in this town like at least you know i'm Clayface, like I can turn into anyone, but everyone is lying and pretending to be someone that they're not. And I was like, that's fucking cool. I like how that's they fun. turn Clayface and like apply it to everybody else. And it was a great story. So, really highly <laughs> then recommended it. Harvey you
1: know, Dent comes around the corner, he's like, yeah, everyone in this town is two faced. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs>
0: bruce, <laughs> right, bruce. bruce oh sorry Playface. bruce wade is batman <laughs> um and then i also read the haunted night and long halloween special i haven't read those in a while those were both very good by tim cell and jeff Loeb. um and then it's i gotta be tim cells last work on batman probably right yeah the long halloween special that he did like last year or uh, a few years before he passed but uh that and that was set up for a sequel and i i finished it and i was like man i wish we could get more of this because i love that universe um yeah and then the long the long halloween's the first batman comic i
1: read and it was like so good i remember running up to our parents being like you need to read this this is just it's not just
0: a batman story it's good it's crime yeah. it's noir. like you should read this of course they didn't <laughs> no but yeah it's it's really good and dark victory is obviously a great sequel to that book and I'm, I've started reading a great James Bond book called With a Mind to Kill, which is all about... Um, oh, this- someone goes on a week-long holiday and they've got time to read. Yeah, it's been really good. I'll tell you what, but I won't tell you the whole plot of this Bond book, but it's a really cool uh, plot where Bond, um, in a previous Ian Fleming book, Bond um, suffers from amnesia and the Russians capture him and they actually brainwash him to kill M. And he goes back and he tries to kill M, but he fails. And this book actually picks up from that story where M goes, well, let's fake my death and send you back to the Russians, making them think that you're successful, and mm. you can fucking take them out from the inside. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, let's go. But the guy that brainwashed him has put in triggers inside his it, all of his patients that they don't even know about. Like at one point, this Russian general is in a room and he's like – like, like Winter Soldier, exactly, and he makes a guy jump out a window with just a facial movement and like a hand gesture, because that's how much he's like he controls him, and he like you Wait, know. Well, I hope it wasn't a common one where it's like, oh, it's a hot day, today, and he, like Bryce his brown. <laughs> the guy's like, ah, <laughs> no, he's <was> my favorite. <laughs> Enough, you and you,
1: no. he had my sandwich on him for lunch. <laughs> How oh my Oh, he was my ride. How am I going to get home? That was a good sandwich too. I was saving it.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's a it's really cool and to see Bond like be broken down by this and and go through this is a a really cool story that you don't see a lot in bond novels and stuff so i'm enjoying that and then finally i'm on a friends marathon i've never watched the show i missed it as a kid it was something that like i knew was big and i know that like the the funny things like we were on a break and i know like you Mm -hmm. know the pivot episode like i've seen those clips Mm -hmm. a thousand times but i've never properly watched the show so i was like well yeah so i'm more than enjoying it i'm thoroughly enjoying friends more great. than i expected it's been so great you did you
1: start from the beginning though because you know you gotta get through a few seasons to get into so the show
0: ab- about like a year ago i tried giving it a go with my partner because she's a massive friends fan and we watched season one and i fell out in love with it i was like mm, it's, it's hey, not g-. think of it this way
1: you love the american office would you show someone season one of the american no, office to say no. this is what the show
0: is no I Stop, get- start with the dundies in season two episode one to start there and it's the same <laughs> with with friends i just dived in I, I told her we were on holiday i was like let's just start on season two where we're like we kind of left off haven't stopped watching it i'm like on season four now we've just been binging it i laugh out loud so many times Unexpected. it's a funny show show. great characters great stories i miss like a premise like this where it's just like 20 minutes every week you get an insight into these characters lives it's you know me i love a sitcom and it's one of my favorites and it's been nice because we've watched the fucking office and parks wreck to death yeah you know i want something new and this has really scratched that itch so i'm enjoying the hell out of friends like when you just mentioned like this is an episode of friends i was like it is and i've i know what you're talking about now
1: yeah <laughs> and you know what's nice now you've got hundreds of episodes i know you. every night when you're like you've ordered, you know you've you've made your supper there's going to be a show on that you can laugh and watch and you're going to have that for the next month it's going to be great
0: all right let's finish i want to go watch friends <laughs> <laughs> i kind of want to go watch friends too <laughs> well and you get any- all the
1: halloween episodes uh, and you get the christmas episodes Yep,
0: it's good stuff. Is there anything you want to add before we jet off and watch Friends? <laughs> um, yeah, There was something else I, I
1: wanted to talk about that I've been watching. Oh, it was a game. I, I started playing this game that's called Gunbound. It's a game I played when I was like 10, 13. I, I found someone has made it available online. You go to dragonbound.net. It's kind of like the old game Worms where you like play. It's an online game and it's like Worms where you try and blow each other up and stuff like that. Got super sucked back into that game because it's just so nostalgic for me. I was like, man, I used to play this all the time. So I've been loving that. That's all
0: I wanted to say. Nice. That sounds good. All right. Well, we've watched Joker's Favor. We've reviewed it. We've talked loads about stuff that we're watching and reading. That's content for y'all right now. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm going off script, but I basically, I just want to get going and watch Friends. So that's all the time we've got for this week. Join us next time where we continue talking all things Batman, the animated series, plus Friends and all this other shit that we talk about all the time. Until then, I've been Alex Robson. I've been Will Robson. And remember that we are Vengeance. We are the night. We are a podcast. Toodles! You stole it! (laughs) I gotcha! Just got back from your trip. I did get back from my trip. I feel very rested and little tan. I your also got... breathing is much heavier. I know. Well, I think I'm like coming down with something. At least I'm not sick on me me My life.
1: wife was so speculating that you were going to come back the fattest you've ever been <laughs> because <laughs> you and I just that... went away, and i I I got on the scale. I gained like seven pounds in three days, which I was shocked by, uh, and then. You know, you were blubbing out there, and then you spent two days at home, and then you were off on your personal vacation with your partner, and you were gone for, like, a week. like You were gone for a long time, and it's all-inclusive, where you can drink and eat as much as you want. I was like, let's go (laughs) pick them up for the airport, because I just want to see how fat they got. (laughs) I, like, wave at you, and you're like... That's not him. <laughs> That's just some really why is ridiculous, my, ridiculous fat guy. Why is my reflection waving at me?
0: <laughs> well, that was the funniest We were away, yeah. and we did that water obstacle, and I'm watching the videos back of that like obstacle course on the sea, and I'm like, oh, wubs, here you come, and then I was like, oh, fuck, that was me.
1: <laughs> that was That fat guy you saw on the video
0: was not oh. your big fat brother. It was yourself. My stomach has just been so solid recently, as well. Like it's just been bloated. Well, like I, I felt you on holiday, and you are just like you're a layer. That sounded weird. I felt
1: you on holiday. I like to you know, you know, I haven't seen you. I like to give you a little feel, see what you feel like. I don't know. It sounds weird, but it's
0: just <laughs> it does. And I'm like just a blind sh- person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're like my fucking French bulldog, man. You're short, stout. And you're just fucking. You're just a little tank. <laughs> i went to playfully tickle you and you punched the shit out of me <laughs> and you said
0: oh it's just a light punch but to me it was full-on punching That was a light punch it was kind of like a playful like cut it out but i guess it hurt childhood innocence died
1: that day because i was like tickle tickle and then suddenly i'm getting beaten so i was like Oh, well, that's the end of that then
0: <laughs> never i'll never playfully tickle my brother ever again well, I got I got burnt in places on holiday that I haven't been burnt in a while. Like your bald spot? Well, no, you motherfucker. Uh, one, Which, was... by the way, you told me that it sweats when you eat spicy food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. That's how I know when food's spicy, if my like the top of my head starts sweating, when I'm it's... like, oh, this is deep spice. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I can't even laugh right now. It's so funny. <laughs> But, yeah, the um, the places where my stomach, and it's just itchy now. You know what I mean? Because like oh, it burnt? Yeah, it was like a dry burn. Like, it wasn't super red. It was just slightly pink. Everywhere else, like, I got a pretty good tan. It evened out nicely. And then also my knees. Ooh, which, burnt yeah. like it sucks. And I'm scratching them, and every time I move them, you know, the skin stretches. So I'm just like an itchy like got a cold mess right now well i watched
1: <laughs> <laughs> i watched on holiday you like you'd you'd only apply sunscreen if i offered it to you and then you jump in the pool it all wash off and you'd be like i'm protected for the day like you're gonna have such terrible skin cancer when you're older don't put that curse on me that's terrible
0: it's not a curse it's a fact of life if you don't use sunscreen <laughs> he comes to get it oh uh, well speaking of uh, fat you on holiday it was like a whole other level of <laughs> well you know what i food wise i think i did pretty all right <laughs> we, so i remember because we slept in the same bed i rolled over once <laughs> and i couldn't see the light from the window because usually, <laughs> because usually the light from the window tells me like hey it's like you know i haven't looked at the time yet like maybe it's six oh, in the they morning pitch There's-
1: black curtains anyway but i know what you're about well, to say
0: Yeah, fucking Mount Everest was in my way Mount Doom (laughs) (laughs) Mount Everest
1: (laughs) Don't forget that you misconstrued yourself as me in a video
0: So, you know, it's just two mountains One's just slightly bigger on the bed Yes, but in my defense, when I did watch your video, I was like, oh yeah, okay, so that's the Oh, that's, that's a real fat guy <laughs> you know, And then you started making yourself, and I knew what you were doing, you instantly
1: started going <laughs> Which is the classic fat guy song, and I, I immediately said to you, I'm not offended, I know you're doing this to make yourself feel better, because you misconstrued me as a fat, you know, yourself as the fat guy Oh, you totally busted me as well. That was exactly what I was doing. We might as well just say as well, we had a really fun time on this obstacle course in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. It was it was fun, wasn't it? It was like a. Float- it was a great time. It was like Takeshi's Castle. If anybody knows what it is out there, just these big floating objects in the middle of the sea with all these obstacles, like ropes to swing from and stuff. I did fucking terrible. I cut myself. I was bleeding. I couldn't. I fell on the first obstacle, and I and I was struggling to get out of the hole that I fell in. Uh, I, I, I worked so many muscles to get out of that hole that when I finally did it, I just laid on my side for like ten minutes.
0: I remember turning around your lane there. You're like, this is me now. This is where I yeah. live. Like, this, I'm not going to move for the rest it's of the day. Fucking
1: exhausted. You sang the Indiana Jones song to run over this obstacle course thing, which you successfully did. And you So you started... Da, 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 da. <laughs> and the moment you cleared it, the, the volume of your voice elevated in excitement. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then you started with full confidence into the next part of the obstacle course which you failed immediately and at, when you the moment you knew you were going to fail was, da, 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 no no then you fell in and my dad's our dad started cracking up and I turned to look at him to laugh and then in a second he disappeared because he laughed standing in between the platforms where there's only a piece of material covering the the platform connectors, and he stood right on it, and he just disappeared. So it's one of the funniest <laughs> memories I'll have for the rest of my life is watching you singing the Indiana Jones song and falling into the water, being so excited because you made the first obstacle course. Turn to laugh at my dad, and then he's cracking up, and then suddenly he falls in the water as well. But <laughs> I will put it into perspective that I was already in the water from falling in already, so.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, neither of us would have fallen through that crack. For two big guys, we have no, the tiniest just... beanpole of a father ever. He's I like know. a fucking twig. I said so. What's it like having two big fat sons? <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you weigh, like, 60 pounds. He probably
0: like, it's great. Makes me feel better every day when I look at you two. He must weigh like seventy pounds. A buck thirty? No, like a buck thirty, I think. No way. No way. You were like uh a buck thirty at one point, weren't you? Yeah, my like skinniest.
1: Yeah, but ever. Uh, he, he and you still have He's got muscle no your muscle. Ends. Yeah, he's exactly. got no muscle. And uh, the dude weighs below a hundred pounds, I think. He thin. <laughs> we fat. You ready to do a
0: podcast?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: Now I'm down. Speaking of hey, fat you know characters. What? We're not as fat as Charlie Collins.
1: (laughs) I I don't know, mate. I was looking at Charlie Collins. I'm like, that's wig in five years.
0: (laughs) That's you now. (laughs) With the comb. No. With the comb over of the hair. God damn it.